Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone. So we're reading today from Matthew 6, verses 19 to 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves and break in, uh, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on it, of its own. Dear God and Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have today to hear from your word um, in this uh, Zoom church service today. Um, I pray for Steve, who will be serving you and serving, yeah, uh, speaking for your word to us today. Father, um, I pray that you're with him, that uh, he's be filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, that you bless him. And finally, I, I pray that technology works well today as, uh, as well. Father, uh, open our hearts to receive your word today. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Well, some of you are delighted that after three weeks, I finally got my study tidy. Uh, so there you go. Um, you may not be as happy as me, though. We're halfway through a series in the Sermon on the Mount, a, ser a sermon that Jesus taught where he's outlining what is life like in the kingdom of God, his kingdom. What are the characteristics that demonstrate that you have received Jesus as king? What are some of the signs that you should see in your life if you're increasingly surrendering to the rule of Jesus as your king? Week one, well, your life should be very countercultural to the spirit of the world around us. 
the Beatitudes. Week two, it's a life that focuses on the desires of the heart. That's how Jesus applied the law. Week three, it's a life that focuses on loving the unlovely. That was Jesus's attitude to enemies. Week four, did I say week three? Week four, it's a life that focuses on your motivation when it comes to religious practices. It's not the external, but the internal that matters. Well, today, what is a sign that Jesus is king in your life? A freedom from anxiety. How do I know that the kingdom of God is at work in my life? Do not worry. Jesus expects, uh, he commands that you are not to worry if he is king. Did you see three times he commands it? Look at these verses, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, here's the command, do not worry about your life. Verse 31, here's a command, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Verse 34, conclusion to the whole passage, therefore, do not worry. A sign that you're embracing Jesus's kingdom is that you do not worry. Stated negatively, a sign that you're embracing your own kingdom or the kingdoms of this world is that you do worry. And in particular, worry about money. That's the context Jesus is speaking into, the power of money over our lives that causes us to worry. Now, Jesus would never give us a command to not worry if he didn't expect us to be able to be obedient to it. When God commands us to do something, he gives us the resources, the motivation, the perspective and the power to obey. And that's exactly what Jesus does here. So I want to look at three things. I want to firstly look at uh, what causes us to worry. Fear of losing earthly treasure, which gives us significance or security. That's what causes us to worry, according to the passage. Why should we not worry? Knowing the providential care of our Heavenly Father. And how can we not worry? By reevaluating our treasure and being tra- uh, pragmatic. That's where we're going. The what, the why, and the how of worry, according to Jesus. So question, what causes us to worry? Answer, fear of losing something. That's why we worry. We worry because we feel we're going to lose something. That's what do we feel we're going to lose? Verse 19, the start of the whole passage, if you have it open, earthly treasure. There's something we value so much on this earth then we feel we might lose it. And that's why Jesus says, don't store up treasure on earth because there's always a chance of losing it. Moths and rust destroy, ver- you know, thieves break in and steal, vermin gets at it. Everything earthly deteriorates. Earthly treasure is transitory. It's not durable. It's not going to last. Clothes fade. Cars get stolen. Personal appearances, unfortunately, my hair tells you this, deteriorate. Jobs are lost. Stocks and shares fall. Even loved ones die. Jesus couldn't be clearer. We worry because we fear we might lose something on this earth. Earthly treasure is vulnerable. It's not durable. It's not secure. So Jesus says, don't store up treasure on earth because it's a foolish thing to do because you will be plagued with worry 
because you can never guarantee it. On the other hand, heavenly treasure, it's incorruptible. It's secure. It's not vulnerable to wear, tear, and theft. It cannot be got at. You cannot lose it. So he says, store up treasure in heaven. And then your life will not be marked by worry because nothing can get at it. Jesus is being incredibly logical. So anxiety is the result from laying up treasures on earth that you might lose. Freedom from anxiety is the result of laying up treasure in heaven, which you can never lose. But when you drill down a bit deeper, you discover the reason we fear losing this earthly treasure, that, and the reason I guess we treasure it, is that it gives us one of two things which we feel we're going to lose. The first one is significance. The second one is security. We put our value in something to give us significance or security. So significance. Jesus picks out the things that preoccupy us, food, drink, and clothes. And he says, are you not much more important? Are you not much more important than these? And then we consider the birds and Jesus and how God takes care of the birds. And he says, are you not, are you not much more valuable? Jesus is getting us to re-examine our importance and value. What makes us significant as people? Because whatever makes us significant as people, we will treasure. Whatever makes us valuable, we will value. If what makes us significant as people is money or houses or jobs or careers or possessions or social media followers or impressive CV or cars or holidays or children or whatever else, they will become our treasure on earth. We value them because they give us value. We treasure them because they make us feel important. They give us significance. So verse 21, Jesus says, so where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. If the things of this earth become so important to your self-worth and significance, they will grip your heart. They will get hold of you and therefore you will fear losing them. They've gripped your heart. They've got it. Your heart is one to them and you cannot imagine loosening them. They're too important to you, you see, to your significance as a person. And so do you see the next logical step in the flow of Jesus's very logical argument? The things that you value, you will end up serving. You will serve them because you need them to prop up your self-worth. And that's why he says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and be devoted to the other uh, and love the other, or you'd be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So you need to choose between the gifts and the giver, the creator and the creation, earthly treasure or heavenly treasure. To what will you ascribe ultimate worth and value? Please listen to Jesus's logical flow. Whatever gives you significance as a person, you will treasure. Whatever you treasure has your heart. Whatever has your heart is your master. It demands an allegiance and a devotion. It controls you. It dictates your happiness, your self-esteem, your confidence, and therefore it controls your anxiety levels. The fear of losing it causes you to constantly worry because by losing it, you're not just losing something of value in this earth. You're losing your value. Jesus is appealing to our minds. He's saying, re-examine where your treasure is. If you attach your significance and self-worth to something in this earth, that thing will control you and that thing will therefore cause you to worry because you fear all the time that you might lose it. But if instead 
you store up treasure in heaven and find your significance and value in God, then you never need to fear because you can never lose the thing that gives you value. Your significance as a person is never in jeopardy because it's in God and your name is written in heaven. Challenging. But Jesus isn't finished exposing why we worry. It's not just what makes us significant that makes us worry. It's what makes us secure. It's not just about self-worth. It's about control. That you can secure your own future. So verse 26, Jesus talks about sowing and reaping and storing away in barns feverish activity to ensure that we're provided for, greedily saving up so we can cover for every eventuality of the future. Nothing gives humans a feeling of security and control like money. If I have money, I'll be okay. If I can control my income, I'll be safe. If my bank balance looks good, I can relax. If my job is secure, I can have peace. If I have lots of savings, I don't need to worry. Money can make us feel invincible. Money can give us that feeling of control. But again, Jesus warns us, if you find security and earthly treasure in money, you'll always be anxious. Some of the most anxious people I've ever met have had more money than people. You know, some of the people who are most free from anxiety that I've ever met. And that anxiety will work itself out in daily life. You'll have a tendency to overwork to make sure you have enough money. You'll, you'll spend a disordinate amount of time looking at your bank balance. You'll just check it the whole time. You'll compare yourself and envy others that are richer than you because you envy their safety. There's a safety they have that you feel you don't have. You'll wake up in the middle of the night like I did at the start of COVID panicking. When I heard about the financial, you know, this is going to be the greatest recession since the money had a hold on my heart. I didn't realize. You can never guarantee your future. Money makes you feel like you can. COVID has shown us it can't. It's an illusion. We're not in control. Now, every human being needs significance and every human being needs security. Jesus is not chastising us for desiring significance and security. Rather, he's commanding us not to find those things in treasures on earth, but in treasures in heaven, not in the gifts, but in the giver. And that's where he turns next. So why should we not worry? What are the resources and perspective Jesus wants to give us so we don't worry? Answer, the providential care of our Father in heaven. Jesus speaks about God feeding the birds of the, the air and how God clothes the grass of the field. And in both cases, Jesus is arguing from the lesser to the greater. If God looks after the birds and the grass... And you as humans are much more valuable than birds and grass. Surely he'll care for you. If, if the birds and the grass are that significant to God, you're more significant. Throughout the scriptures, we are told that creation, the creation around us, tells us who our God is. Psalm 19 tells us the heavens declare the glory of God. Job 38 tells us that God's greatness is seen in the greatness of God's creation. Romans 1 tells us how creation shows us his divine power. Creation therefore teaches us the glory, the greatness and the power of God. But Jesus says, how is that greatness and power used? He says, look at the birds. 
God cares for them. Our Heavenly Father is not just incredibly powerful, he's wonderfully caring. And he cares about the details of our lives, he knows what we need. So he says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than men? And it's the same with the grass. The grass outside my window here is not anxiously working, and yet it is clothed every year. The birds and the grass are provided for by God's arrangement. They do not indulge in feverish sowing and harvesting and collecting for the future. God arranges the world in such a way that they are provided for in the course of nature. So don't worry. If he cares for the birds, he'll care for you. Excuse me. Now, it's important to take this command to obey Jesus and look at birds. It was actually a command. Go and look at the birds. Seriously. So we don't overstate how to apply these verses. You see, birds do make provisions for the future by building nests and laying and incubating their legs, (laughs) legs (laughs) and feeding their young. Many migrate to warmer climates before winter and even some secure store food. So there's nothing here to say Christians shouldn't make humble plans and take natural and sensible steps to care for themselves and and, and provide for the future. It's not like saying you should never, ever store anything. Elsewhere in the scripture, in the book of Proverbs, we are not to look at the birds. It says, go consider the ant. And we learn from the ant because they are praised for storing up in summer for the food they'll need in winter. So what Jesus forbids here is neither thought nor forethought, but anxious thought. The grass and the birds are not anxious, distracted thought. They're not consumed. They're not engrossed by these things. They're not putting their trust. You know, the, the birds aren't going, it's all down to me. They're just getting on with their everyday life. So our ultimate trust and hope is not in ourselves, but in our father who providentially and powerfully provides everything we need. Every gift we have is from his hand. So what Jesus is getting at here is that while the birds may be responsible, they're not anxious. He doesn't want us to not be responsible as humans, but he does want us not to be anxious. And the grass, well, it's carefree. Birds do not worry. They don't get anxious. They're not panicking, nor does the grass. They just go about their everyday business of getting on with the day that's before them. So Jesus says, the reason you have no need to worry is because you have a powerful and great father. And that powerful and his power and his greatness is being used, is being channeled to care for you and to provide for your every need. If God does not abandon the birds and the grass, he's not going to abandon you. And you have thousands of years of proof that God has not abandoned the birds and the grass. They're still here today. So channel towards your heart the greatness and power of God seen in creation, but the tender care with which he takes that power and greatness to make sure you are provided for. Fill your heart with that wonderful wonderful providential kindness of your father in heaven and don't worry what causes us to worry fear of losing earthly treasure why should we not worry the character of our father in heaven so finally how can we not worry jesus gives us two pieces of advice 
He says, reevaluate your treasure and be pragmatic. Firstly, reevaluate your treasure. That is the thrust of the whole passage from verse 19. Are we storing up treasure on earth or treasure in heaven? Treasure that is durable or treasure that is perishable? Treasure that is safe or treasure that is vulnerable? If the reason we worry is that we fear we might lose earthly treasure, well, the obvious antidote is to choose a different treasure. One that we can rely upon to give us security and significance no matter what. That's why in verse 24 says, make a choice, God or money, which is worth more to you. And that is why in verse 32, he says, seek my kingdom. Don't seek another kingdom, your kingdom, the kingdoms of this world. In other words, give yourself over to the control of God in your life. Seek his kingdom, not your own. Let Jesus be king. Give up control. If you want to overcome worry in your life, look at what you love the most in life. That's why you worry. And take that gift that you love the most and say, Lord, help me love you, the giver, more. What does it mean to store up treasure in heaven? What does it mean to seek his kingdom? It means to value your relationship with God above everything else in this world, everything, even your children and your loved ones. Jesus isn't against us desiring treasure. Jesus isn't against us serving a master. Jesus isn't against us seeking a kingdom, but he wants us to desire and serve and seek the right ones that mean your life can exhibit a freedom from all anxiety. So to evaluate your treasure is to give up control, to recognize you're not God, You're not taking care of the birds and the grass. You're not in charge of creation. So stop trying to order and control every future thing about your life to make sure your life goes well. Give it up. Refusal to worry is an act of surrender, a giving over a control, of giving up your ability to guarantee your significance and your security and the way you want to. You leave that to God. And he promises that if you seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, he will give you everything you need in this life. And he'll guarantee your eternity. He will take care of you. You, do you wanna live COVID, do you wanna live 2020? Do you wanna live COVID-19 free from worry? Reevaluate your treasure. What gives you significance and worth? What gives you security and control? If it's not God, you will never know the freedom from worry that Jesus expects and commands his followers to enjoy as part of having him as their king. Secondly, be pragmatic. I want to finish by drawing your attention to two verses, 27 and 34. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life, or it could be translated a single cubit to your height? Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Throughout the passage, Jesus has been piercingly logical, urging us that we have no need to worry if we select the right treasure. We have all the provisions, motivations and perspective we need not to worry. But he ends by being ruthlessly pragmatic. Worry is incompatible with common sense. 
verse 27, does worrying gain you anything? Can you add half a meter to your stature by worrying? Can you add a period of time to your lifespan? No. God is the one who causes you to grow in height. God is the one who orders and numbers our days. A human being cannot achieve this. In fact, far from lengthening our days, worry will probably shorten our days. So just as we leave the matters of our height and the number of our days to God, so we should leave the matters of our food and our drink and our significance and our security. Verse 34, does worrying actually change tomorrow? No. Worry is all about tomorrow, but is experienced today. Whenever we're anxious, we're upset in the present about some event that might happen in the future. However, these fears of ours about tomorrow, which we feel so acutely today, may not ever be fulfilled. People worry about not passing an exam or finding a job or getting married or having happy kids or retaining their health or keeping their good looks or succeeding in an enterprise. But many of these worries never materialize. So your worry was all a waste. A waste of emotional, physical, and spiritual energy and time. It's a waste. And as we've already said, we can plan for tomorrow, but we do not need to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. But Jesus is even more pragmatic than that. Did you see the last words of the whole thing? The whole passage, the last thing he says, each day has enough trouble or it can be translated evil of its own. This as an astonishing end to a passage about worry, isn't it? The reason we are not to worry is not because there is no evil and trouble ahead. Jesus is very realistic. There's plenty of evil and trouble today, let alone tomorrow. There's gonna to be more tomorrow evil and trouble. A Christian freedom from anxiety is not due to some guarantee that there is no evil and trouble tomorrow, but the folly of worrying about it. It's as if Jesus says, if you, if you worry today and that worry never materialized, you've worried once too many times. It's almost as if you fear today and that worry does materialize, well, you've worried now twice because you'll have to worry about it again. So you've worried one too many times. Either way, your worrying is a waste of nervous energy. You see, birds do fall to the ground and die. But Matthew 10, 28, Jesus says that happens according to the knowledge and consent of our caring father in heaven. Jesus says here, the grass of the field, no, it is here today and tomorrow it is thrown into the fire. Grass doesn't last in one sense, you know, it, it's not the same grass, it comes and goes. But again, he says that's under God's providential ordering of the world. The promise is not that we do not fall but that when we do, our Heavenly Father has not let go of us and has not stopped caring for us. Every permitted suffering is within the orbit of his care. And we know Romans 8, 28, that all things work for the good of those who love him. How can I be sure? How can I be sure in the character of God when I experience the suffering and the illness and the tragedy and the death and the loved one who's gone? How can I be sure? Because as Jesus said these words about not worrying, his own impending suffering and death was getting a 
closer by the day. A German pastor preached on the Sermon on the Mount in 1946 to 1948, so straight after the Second World War. He lived, the, his congregation had heard the bombs and had the houses destroyed and the loved ones. He lived there and he preached on these verses. And he said this, I think we must stop and listen when this man, whose life on earth was anything but bird-like and lily-like, points us to the carefreeness of birds and lilies. Were not the somber shadows of the cross already looming over this hour of the Sermon on the Mount? Why can I trust, trust the character and care of my Father in heaven even when suffering and death comes to my life? Because he himself suffered and died. Why did he do it? Why did Jesus go to the cross? So you might be secure forever. That heaven might be guaranteed and to give us a treasure that can never spoil or fade. And in dying for us, he reveals our significance to him. We are worth his own blood. What greater price tag could be put on each of our heads than the precious blood of the Son of God who died for us? We are loved, we are safe, we are secure, we are valuable. Our Heavenly Father has not let us go. He will never abandon us. Not even death can separate us from his love. Children do get sick. Loved ones do die. People do catch COVID-19. We do lose our jobs. Finances can get very tight and pressured. Plans do get dashed. Health does deteriorate. But to worry in advance about these things, it's a waste of your energy. You gain nothing and you cannot change what tomorrow may bring. It will darken your vision and lead you away from God. So give up control. Reevaluate your treasure. Get to know the character of your Father in heaven. Find all your security and significance in him and know freedom. Freedom from, from worry, freedom from anxiety, freedom to live for today and enjoy the gifts of today while serving the giver, whatever tomorrow may bring. Brothers and sisters, we have all the resources, the motivation, the perspective and the power to obey Jesus's command in these strange and troubled days that we live in. Therefore, do not worry. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that in the days where we live in now, these troubled days, these challenging days, where we are more aware than ever of this, this world not being our home, that Jesus was always a realist. And if we would just but listen to these words, not to store up treasures on earth and not to find our security and significance in earthly things, and every time we find a gift that we love to always make sure we look at beyond the gift to you, our giver. And Father, we thank you that we can trust your character and your goodness because you sent your son and he suffered and died. And you showed us once for all how for us you are and how you will never abandon us. And that whatever the sufferings of this world may be, the one thing we know is that it cannot be because you don't love us. And it cannot be because you've forgotten us. 
And Lord, there's mystery as to why certain sparrows fall and other sparrows live and why some grass is here today and then gone tomorrow. But Lord, we trust you with the mystery and we surrender our control to know it all. So teach us, Lord, what it is to not worry about tomorrow, but live for today and enjoy today. And I pray that we as Christ City Church would be this alternative society on earth that exhibits a freedom from worry. I pray today for everyone on this call as they think about the things they worry about, today would have unlocked things in their mind and in their heart and given them a new freedom. And they wouldn't waste all that energy worrying because they'd be seeking first your kingdom instead. That we might live for you and live for, for, for eternal treasures and make as much good in this earth as we can while our hope not being in this world. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.